Good morning. Glad everyone is here. You didn't know that you were a part of a building project. We should have signs as you come into the church building. Hey, construction zone. Amen. Construction zone because we're part of this building process. Did you realize that when you came here today? You're part of a spiritual project. Isn't that awesome to know? You are a participant in that. Beware of workers. It's another sign we should have as people come into our foyer. Because we are part of that process. Amen. Part of this process. Thank you, brother Amen. There he is, right over there. Thank you, brother, for reading that. Let's read that one more time for clarification and kind uh, of get an idea of where we are. Amen. Alright, 1 Corinthians 14 is a great chapter if you ever want to know about what God expects in a worship service or when we come together to assembly, come together as a body of Christ. If you ever want to know why you're here, if you ever know why and what part you play, that's what we're going to talk about today. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You're going to get to know what parts you play and how important you are. Let's read it together in verse 26. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, amen, there's a coming together as a body of Christ. When you come together, each of you has a psalm or a song, hymn, spiritual song, lifting up Colossians chapter 3, 16, talks about that spiritual song, building, encouraging, and uh, teaching one another, amen. So we're all part of that process. And uh, each of you has a teaching. There's a little bit of songs sometimes that have a teaching aspect to it because sometimes scriptures are quoted. Amen. And uh, that's part of that process of, of learning and teaching. But we have teachers. Amen. And gospel preachers. Amen. Uh, I think I may fall somewhere in between <laughs> teacher and preacher. Uh, so we have a good time with that. Each of you has a tongue. I'm from Georgia. You probably think I'm speaking in tongues right now. Um, so each has a tongue. Back then, of course, they had spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. Things that were departed directly from the Holy Spirit, directly into the believer, and caused them to speak in an unknown tongue. Now, today's uh, some of your religious organizations think that that's angel talk and angel language, but no... The scripture is plainly talking about language there when you talk about tongue. So keep that in mind when you come across that word tongue. It's a language that that person did not know and the spirit directly moved them to speak in those unknown languages. Now, the spiritual gifts were for a couple of reasons. One of them was to prove that Jesus Christ was the Messiah prove that he was who he said he was to establish that fact and also to confirm the word of God. Amen. To confirm because back then they did not have the word. They had the Old Testament and God began to move in the apostles and move into those men to teach and preach. And that became these epistles that became part of God's word. And spiritual gifts and miracles were part of that process to help confirm that what we have today is directly from God. Amen. Isn't that wonderful that God would provide that for us? 
And so he says here, so that how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a song, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for what? Some people say, well, we only come for the communion. That's the most important thing. Or we only come for the teaching. Amen. That's the most important thing. Or we come for this. Or we come for that. You know what the truth of the matter is? We're coming together scripturally to be edified. That's why we're coming together. Now these are tools that he's talking about to help us be edified. Don't get me wrong. Those are important and fabulous tools. Let all things be done for edification. That word edify, circle that word edify, it means, well, it's the word that we get architecture from. Everybody knows what an architect is. Architecture, it's a building. All about buildings, all about building things. It's an edifice. It comes from a compound word. means demo, to build, and house. Did you know every time we come together, and even when we are apart, we're fixing to see that, but every time we come together, it's part of that building up. It's part of to build our spiritual house. Okay? Spiritual mind. Spiritual body. We're all a part of that process. Act of building and building up. Amen. And you are part of that wonderful project. Did you know that, Brother Chris? You just didn't come today all sleepy-eyed. But you came today into building one another up. To encouraging one another to love and to good works. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25 talks about that encouraging, uplifting, and building one another up. And everyone... Is part of that wonderful process at work. Never underestimate the power of coming together. Just think about what that means. It's a reality check. There's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot of hate. And we need to come together because of the, of the hate that we see and the crimes that we see and the terrible deeds that we see in the world. We need to come together and understand that there is a better way. That there is something more eternal than what we see in this world. There is something greater. Something more powerful. Bigger than I am. And we need to know that we're part of that solution whenever we come together. Amen. To be edified. We need to know that when we come together, that we understand Paul's discussion there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when he says, But God composed the body, having greater honor to the part that lacks it. And there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have same the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, the members rejoice in it. We need, you need, all of us need to understand that whenever we come together, all of us have problems. 
And they're very real and very powerful in our lives. Unforgiveness, bitterness, strife, trouble, hatred, difficulties, problems. When we come together, we're part of caring for one another, comforting one another, building each other up so that you can have some kind of stability in the world that's filled with chaos to give you hope. A lot of people do not have hope. And here, you get it. Because that's what Christ wants us to do whenever we come together. So let's talk a little bit about that principle of edification. You know, it's not something new. But it's something that we are designed to do. And it really began with uh, Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 16. Upon the great confession of Peter. You remember that? Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And uh, you remember what he said there in verse 8. He says, uh, The truth of the matter is that Jesus says that I will build my church. Amen. Upon that great confession. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Christ begins that process of building. I will build. Jesus build. Jesus established. Jesus is the one that created. You know, even before the worlds were ever created, they had it in mind that Jesus would build this church. That you and I Many of us, and there may be some friends here who have not called upon the name of Jesus, given themselves to baptism, given themselves in repentance and confession, and given their lives over to Jesus. Maybe you haven't done that. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus built the church. No one else did. Not Peter, not anyone else, not Paul, not me, not Craig, not anyone else. Only Jesus Christ built the church. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 talks about, Peter does, about us being lively stones. Amen. Let's read that together. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. I like this verse. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Now let's back up in verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by man, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up. You see that? Are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, what for? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen? We are being built up began with Jesus Christ on that great confession of Peter, said, I'm going to build my church. And he began there, and now Peter talks about that truth, us being lively stones, built up a spiritual house. Romans chapter 15 says this. Let's read it together. Romans chapter 15 Romans chapter 15, in verse 1, 
We then who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. You see the principle of being built up, edification? He says, for even Christ did not please himself, for as it is written, the reproaches of us who reproached fell on you. But whatsoever things were written before were written for our learning, that through, listen, the patience and comfort of scriptures might have hope, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Jesus Christ that you may be of one mind and one mouth glorifying God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's all about what? This unity that we find in the belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that He died for our sins that He rose again from the dead and we share in that wonderful truth. And what does that do? What does that sharing do? It builds us up. It encourages us. It gives us great comfort. In a world that doesn't have a lot of certainty and truth. Romans chapter 14. Let's back up. Romans chapter 14 and verse... Well, let's start in verse 16. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil... For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue. Listen to this. I like this verse. Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which one may edify another. Is that your pursuit? Is that your goal? To pursue the things that gives us peace and to edify. Is that, does that describe you? Does that describe your end? Does that describe your life? What does that life look like? Ephesians chapter 4. Well, let's just read 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 first. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love does what? Edifies. So the idea behind all this is simply this. Let you know that the principle of edification is not something new. Paul is not just bringing something new in discussion about what happens when we come together as something brand new and something just out. He just didn't just pick a principle that's foreign to us. This is something that we should be doing on a daily basis in our lives with one another. Amen. Let's read Ephesians chapter 2. This is important. Ephesians chapter 2. Know what I'm reading a lot of scripture, but this is. Hugely important. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read this together. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. Now therefore, he's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. 
and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, which is brothers and sisters in Christ, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Isn't that awesome? That there is a constant process of growing holy and righteous and in devotion to God. Giving your lives over to Him. Something special and unique. In whom also you are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. It's not something that is designed to remain static. But it's all about movement. It's all about the process of growing and building and becoming. I was thinking about this definition of edify, act of building and building up. I used to, one of my first jobs, working with my dad. My dad was a journeyman carpenter. And um, he encouraged me that when I turned 18 to start working for the local carpentry, Carpenters Local Union. And man, I tell you what, that was something. Some of those guys, some of my supervisors were something else. We were working on the roof. I had one guy, he was from Hawaii, and he thought he was something else, something special. Not, I guess if you're from Hawaii, you are something. But uh, he was really something. He kept walking up on top of that roof going, Bruce, what you doing? What you doing? You can't sit around. You can't, you can't just stop. You can't just sit down. You, you got to work. You got to work, son. You got to work for a living. Over and over and again, every day. But just think about what happens in the process of constructing a home. A lot of you are in that business. We've got some electricians. We've got some plumbers in here. We've got some carpenters in here. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Amen. We've got some uh, sorry painters in here. <laughs> Which I am. I am not the greatest painter in the whole wide world. But I, am it, I do know how to model something. Remodel. And model I try my best at it. I'm pretty good at flooring. But just think of that process. It begins with that building of that foundation. You've got forms and you, you pour the concrete. Sometimes you've got welding back there, right, brother? You've got welders that's involved. And just think about that. You've got plumbers, carpenters, roofers, flooring. You've got painters. You've got carpet people. But even when the building is erected, it's not finished, is it? There's still a lot more work to be done. You got decoration, you got fixtures, curtains, you've got furniture, you got paintings to go up. If it was left up to this guy, I wouldn't have one painting on the wall. This would be a white house, clean, perfect. <laughs> but that's not how it works for decoration. Got to have good furniture. Lots of, my point here is this. Lots of people are involved in building. Lots of people. Do you think it's any different with the building of God? There are lots of people involved. And guess what? When you come together this morning, there are lots of people that are involved in that continuing process of building. 
Because you know what? Guess what? Sometimes things need to be remodeled. Things need to need to increase. Like we just got through with a building project of uh, expanding out. We needed to build on. Sometimes that expansion, that's what you call growth. And that's the way it is in a spiritual life and a spiritual person is you need to grow and you need to be challenged. And hopefully when you come here, you are challenged to grow. <coughs> Excuse me. You're challenged. Ephesians chapter 4 puts it this way. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 puts it this way. And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors or elders, some teachers, for, listen, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. That process of growing and becoming and learning. And the knowledge of the Son of God. Becoming like Christ. To a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men. And the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You see, part of the process of you coming here today was to build you up to give you some concrete truth of God's Word to help you be stable. That in all things that we may grow up in all things unto Him who is the head, Christ, amen? The Lord is the head. We're here because of Jesus Christ. We're here to serve Him and Him alone. Never forget that. We're not here to serve me. You're not here to serve Mark. You're not here to serve Glenn. You're not here to serve only Jesus Christ. And then that filters down. Amen. We learn what service really means and what that's all about. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. You see, every joint. Every phase of a building project. Every nail, every rafter, every roof, every person has a job. Working by which every part does its share calls growth of the body of the edifying of itself in love. So that's unity of faith, knowledge of Jesus Christ, maturity, stability. Amen. All right. So we're talking about edification and what that looks like. You know, remember back in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 when we started this process, verse 26 talks about song, teaching, tongue, interpretation, revelation. The broader application of that is Hebrews 10, which is to encourage one another to love and the good works. It is this idea of process of promoting one another's growth. When you come, when we come together, when we are here, it's all about me and you promoting each other's spiritual growth. And that can come by several ways. Teaching, it can come by encouraging. We got greeters, hallelujah, we got greeters. And sometimes uh, visitors are the first person that see you. And it's important 
you play a, a ro real role in what they think and the impact of what they do and how they act when they come here. That's all part of this process of edifying and building up. And um, Paul was concerned with that. 1 Corinthians 14, he says, uh, in speaking of the issue of speaking in tongues, they were just doing it willy-nilly, not holding back, not having an interpreter. He says, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupy the place of the uninformed say amen? At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say, for indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Process of promoting one another's growth. And that's very serious to God. It's very serious to Paul. He wouldn't be addressing none of these issues if edification wasn't a serious principle. Wisdom, holiness, encouraging, comforting, loving, forgiving, thanksgiving, support, learning, challenging, grace, mercy. We all need all of those things when we come together. And that's part of that tool to help us to build each other up. Bit by bit, piece by piece. Amen. Alright, one other thing, and we're going to draw to a close. i got lots more information here, but I want to just get to this. I want you to notice in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 14. In verse 14, verse 12, he says, Even so you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, I want you to understand that these folks were living in a day in which spiritual gifts were something that they desired. It was something that, it was just overwhelming and it was wonderful. It was exciting. And Paul was like, hey, you know what? It's good to, it's good for you to have that kind of spirit. But he says, I want you to notice one thing though. He says, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church. That you seek to excel. Alright? Excel. What does that word mean? Seek to excel. It means an overflowing. It means to exceed. It means to be in excess. It means over and above. Beyond. Over and above. Just when you think you've done enough. Just when you think you've done enough and encouraging. Guess what he's saying? He says, no, you need to do more. You need to step up. You need to encourage, comfort somebody even more. Abundantly so. And that word is used all throughout Scripture. i got 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 talking about their love. He says that they were loving one another exactly what they were to do. He says, but guess what? Excel in it. You haven't done enough. You just began. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, talks about the work of the Lord. We need to be in abundant in the work of the Lord. Colossians 2, verse 7, talks about us having that 
excelling in thanksgiving. So my whole point here, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I want to read that to you just as we draw to a close. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I want you to notice what he says here. Moreover, brethren, we make it known to you the grace bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. You know what that all means? That means that they really couldn't give but they gave more. They were in poverty, but they dug in and gave more. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, employing us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of saints. Not only as we hope that they first gave to themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God, and so we urge Titus that as we begun, that he would also complete this grace in you. But as you abound in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, diligence, and your love, see that you abound in this grace. The point here, he was saying, seek to abound, not be satisfied with just giving. Giving what you think that you can do but given more than what you think you can do. And that's the idea behind what Paul is talking about to the Corinthians here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when he says, excel, excel in edification. You and I can do that. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says it this way. He says simply this. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. And I leave that with you. Maybe you have stumbled a bit in your life. I don't know what that is. Maybe you're facing some real crisis. We all do at some point in our lives. Maybe there's some sin problem in your life that you haven't fully addressed. That's why we're here. To give you comfort that you can take care of that today. To give you encouragement that you can be different. And you can live a life. You can find mercy. And you can find forgiveness in Jesus Christ. And maybe you haven't put on the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Fully, I'm talking about fully committed to the Lord. Maybe you really haven't done that. Today is the time. And we just ask and plead with you to come forward as we stand and sing this song.